when I'm in that assertive voice, I, I can make you dumb in the assertive voice. I can make you stupid. And it's not because I'm special. Each of you have the same capability. You can make your counterpart dumber or smarter just with your tone of voice. I could have sat, stood up here and lectured and said, hey, listen, before we get into the meat of this, I want you to know how you say it is more important than what you say. And you guys would have been like, seriously? That's, that's all he's going to give us? I wanted to demonstrate for you that I can reach into your brain and I can dial you up emotionally and I can dial you back emotionally, except if you're Simon. <laughs> Simon goes in one direction. He doesn't come back. What does that mean for you and your interactions? People's brains work up to 31% better when they're in a positive state. And the exciting part about that is that you can contribute to that positive state. But the flip side is you can make them dumb. I've had coaching clients ask me, all right, I get all of that, but what if he starts to attack me? When, when is it going to be cool for me to attack back? Can I attack back? What's my response? Sure. If you want to make them dumber, go ahead and attack them back. How smart did Simon sound to you? How, how smart did I sound interacting with Simon as we're both going at, going at each other? It makes you smarter or makes you dumber, it being your tone of voice. It can make you smarter or dumber. Here's how I know it can make you dumber, and I think Troy's going to talk about this in a couple of minutes. Each one of these three people, when they went out in the hallway with Troy, were told there is one thing you cannot say because he's going to kill you if you say it. Whatever you do, don't say this. And what did he say? He did exactly what he was told not to do because he didn't know where else to go. That's what I meant when I said earlier, people will violate policy, procedure, rules. Some people will either even violate the law just to have their comfort level restored. Any other observations from the group before Troy gets started? Right here. Um, I just wanted to say what, what James is saying, uh, realizing what someone's fears are, and they're saying A, but really want B. The fear is I don't want to die. I want to get out of this. That's a moot point. You're already caught. But there is a solution I can offer you. It may not be what you're thinking, but this solution will make you safe. Real world, that's all we're looking for. Real world, what they say and what they actually want are two different things. That's the difference between negotiation and bargaining. You were, make, you were making me dumber when you were using the assertive voice. I felt myself fighting the dumbness. What, uh, so what do you mean? You were assertive when you were in the assertive voice. Yeah. I could feel my face going flush. Yep. And I remember from the book, 
you said, even if you know it's happening, you still can't, you, you can fight it, but you got it. It's still going to happen to you. That's a good point. In these tough conversations, ladies and gentlemen, you are going to get triggered. There's no way around it. You're going to get triggered in a tough conversation. The real question is, how are you going to respond to the trigger? Are you going to stay curious and ask yourself, where is this actually coming from? Or are you going to, how dare you? You want some of me? Let's go. All right, we left off uh, on voice inflection. uh, And we're talking about uh, how we can change that by just uh, raising our voice uh, to make it more inquisitive or lowering our voice to uh, lower the pitch. All I did was change, uh, put an emphasis on one word in each sentence. Seven sentences, exact same sentence, but just uh, with the emphasis on one, completely changes how we think about it. Show you. I never said she stole my money. I never said she stole my money. I never said. She stole my money. So you kind of see where we're going pardon me, with these. It just shows you the power of our voice emphasis, our tone, and our voice inflection. There we go. But right before we broke for lunch, we talked about the, the three different tones uh, for our, I'm sorry, our, our tones with the three different personalities. If you know that you are an assertive personality, if you know that the person that you're dealing with is assertive personality, we have to make sure that we understand that you realize, just like what we demonstrated with the uh, 60 seconds or she dies, if you try to meet that assertive, that challenging, that blunt, that very uh, direct type of communication, you try to match that, you saw what happened. We're going to get into a pissing match. And it's just going to be this the whole way. And although it might make you feel better, you're going to achieve nothing. The accommodator is what we tell you to spend 70-80% of your time doing. How do I do that? Smile. I am convinced, and I think you can go and Google it for yourself. People can feel it on the phone when you smile. Try it yourself. When you do that, and if you have a hard time getting more into the accommodator voice, all you have to do is kind of stretch your diaphragm, sit up straight, and it helps you as you chat. Try smiling. It's amazing something so small can help you in that conversation, which is where you should be spending the majority of this. When we are doing all of these, one of the key words that you should hear is deference. That you're making it about them. You shouldn't be doing the majority of the talking that first three quarters of it anyway. Why? Because the idea with negotiations is you're offering that illusion of control 
to that other person. When we're doing these, and you're uh, demonstrating that through your tone, you're able to, to, uh, to get them, their brain, into a uh, more receptive state. The analytical, the analyst voice. We used to refer to it as our late night DJ voice. The reason we don't refer to that late night DJ voice anymore is because nobody younger uh, understands what the hell that means because <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but you watched him do it. And when you saw Derek enunciate each word, that's what we do when we're trying to really emphasize that position. And hopefully you watched in all three people that change. To do it, and you have a hard time, just lower your chin, roll your shoulders a little bit, and think one of the things that I would do that helped me, and maybe it'll help you if you want to try it when you're on the phone, I would put a little note in front of me. I'd put low and slow. I have a tendency to start talking too fast and having that little message in front of me was just that little affirmation that I would need sometimes. Slow your voice, slow your conversation, bring your voice down. It's much harder for people to pick it up when you're speaking too quickly. You also witnessed, because uh, a lot of times people say, why, why do that 60 seconds or she dies? We're not police negotiators. No, but that was a wonderful way to demonstrate so many of the teaching points. What you watched, because we set rules, don't do these type of things. Stay away from doing that. Make sure you try to do these. When people are stressed, when people are scared, when people are overly excited and they're super amped, they're not thinking clearly. It's called their amygdala hijack. When people are very, very emotional, their brain doesn't function the same. Rather than just tell you this on the front end, because I think this is so critically important to understand, what not better to talk about it after you witnessed it yourself. You witnessed people sometimes blank, sometimes say things that they went, ah, I wouldn't have typically done that. Why? Because you're taking out the thinking part of the brain. And instead, you're getting this stressed reaction. Well, how do we know that? Well, what about what happens with you? If someone uh, was to say right now, uh, there's a guy and he's got a gun, he's right here and he's coming this way, and it induces that stress reaction from us. We go into fight or flight mode. Sometimes you see people just lock up. Unfortunately, uh, I was in Vegas when they had the uh, October uh, 1 shooting. And if you've watched any of the footage from that, you saw so many different reactions. You saw some people just completely lock up and they were frozen. You had some people that at the mere sound took off. You had others. There's, there's a guy on video. He's standing there and he's flipping off the, 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 uh, the hotel. It just doesn't make sense. That was his way of saying, you know, hey, bring it. Come on. I'm not saying it was the smartest uh, reaction. But this is what happens to us. 
if you know this prior to going into it. That is why it's so important that we, as the ones that are trying to do that, that side of the communication, that we understand this, we work on our tone of voice. You heard how Troy speaks. The guy's nine foot four, nine foot five. Listen, when you're under five, six, everybody's tall. Um, but when, when you see such a big man, but listen to how he speaks. And he has that voice that just, Tom's nodding his head because it just kind of naturally brings you in. But he's also aware. Listen to, he, he told me the story of him doing undercover work because we both had worked undercover. I was kind of interested. And to hear how he could turn that on. You can imagine this big man mad, right? And what that does to people. And that's why sometimes they talk about, sometimes they punch that bully right in the nose to see what it would be like. So think of these things. And I will tell you that uh, certainly if you have a boss that's like this and they're that yeller and screamer, to know that what it does uh, to our, our reaction, you had a question. 